The Zen Master and the Thief, a parable of forgiveness. When Bankei held his seclusion weeks of meditation, pupils from many parts of Japan came to attend. During one of these gatherings, a pupil was caught stealing. The master was reported to Bankei with the request that the culprit be expelled. Bankei ignored the case. Later, the pupil was caught in a similar act, and again, Bankei disregarded the matter. This angered the other pupils who. Drew up a petition asking for the dismissal of the thief, stating that otherwise they would leave in a body. When Bankei had read the petition, he called everyone before him. You are wise brothers, he told them. You know what is right and what is not right. You may go somewhere else to study if you wish, but this poor brother does not even know right from wrong. Who will teach him if I do not? I'm going to keep him here even if all the rest of you leave. A torrent of tears. Cleanse the face of the brother who had stolen. All desire to steal had vanished. The story takes place in a meditation camp, a meditation session. So you have to understand what meditation is. That's why I went into meditation so deeply. Otherwise, you would miss the whole point of the story. These stories are not ordinary stories, they need a great background. Unless you understand what meditation is, you will read when Bankei held his seclusion weeks of meditation, but you will not understand. Pupils. From many parts of Japan came to attend. During one of these gatherings, a pupil was caught stealing. Those pupils are everywhere because man is so money minded and don't think that the one who was stealing was very much different from those who, from those from whom he was stealing. They were all in the same boat. Both are money minded. One has the money, one does not have the money. That is the difference. But both are money oriented, money minded. The matter was reported to Bankei, which, with the request that the culprit be expelled. Bankei ignored the case. 
Why did he ignore the case? Because both are money-minded. Both are thieves. One thief trying to take things away from another thief. That's all. In this world, if you hoard something, you become a thief. If you have something, you become a thief. There are two kinds of thieves in the world. One, respectable thieves, recognized by the state, sanctioned, registered, licensed by the state. And another, unlicensed people doing it on their own. Illegal stealing, illegal stealing and legal. The legal ones are the respected ones. The legal ones, of course, are not re- the, the legal ones, of course, are not respected because the, because they go against the rules. Those people who are clever never go against the rules. They find ways to steal by getting around the rules. But there are a few people who are not so clever, seeing that if they follow these rules, they will never have anything. They drop the rules and start doing illegal things. But everybody is a money maniac. That's why Banke ignored the case. Later, the pupil was caught in a similar act, and again, Banke disregarded the matter. He knows that both are in the same boat. There is no much, there is not much difference. You will be surprised to know that when a man succeeds in his criminal acts, he becomes respectable. Only if he ha- only if he fails, then he becomes a criminal. The successful robbers become kings, and the and the unsuccessful unsuccessful kings become robbers. It is only a question of who succeeds. If you're powerful, you are a great emperor. Now, what is the Alexander? What is this Alexander, the great Alexander? A great robber. But he succeeded. Your so-called politicians are all robbers. They try to destroy other robbers. They may be against smuggling. They may be against thievery. They may be against this and that. But deep down, they are the greatest smugglers, the greatest thieves. They do, they do things legally, or at least they manage to show that they are doing things legally. And they succeed, at least while they are in power. When the power goes, then all those beautiful stories about them simply disappear. Once a politician is deposed, he becomes an ugly phenomenon. He may be a Richard Nixon or she may be an Indira Gandhi. Once a politician is deposed, Once the power is gone, 
once the power is no longer there to protect you, then everything is exposed. If you know how a person has become rich, then you will not be able to respect him. But if the person is really rich, he can manage to keep people silent. And then people have a very small money, they forget.、Uh, and then people have a very small memory, they forget. I was reading in some history book that 20 persons were expelled from England. They were sea pirates. And what happened after 30 years? Of all those 20 prison persons, a few of them went to Australia. And a few of them went to America. A few of them had become governors in America. A few of them had become bankers, landlords. All 20 had become very respectable people. That's why Banke ignored the situation. He didn't pay much attention. He didn't take any notes of it. It's okay. This is how things go in the world. One who is not money minded will ignore it. This angered the other pupils. This angered the other pupils. Who drew up a petition asking for the dismissal of the thief, stating that otherwise they would leave in the body. Now, these people were not there to meditate at all. If you have come to meditate, you understand a few requirements that you have to grow into less money mindedness. That you have to attain a certain detachedness from all your possessions, that it does not matter much that somebody has taken a few rupees, that it doesn't matter much that it is not such a life and death affair, that you have to understand how the mind functions, how people are money minded. You are against the thief because he has taken your money. But how was it yours? You must have taken it from someone else in some other way. Because nobody comes with money into the world, we all come empty handed. All that we possess is, we claim as our own, but nothing belongs to anybody. If a person has really come to meditate, This will be his attitude that, that nothing belongs to anybody. <clears throat> He has less and less attachment to things. But these people were money minded, and when you are money minded, naturally politics comes in. When they saw that the thief had been ignored twice, They must have thought what kind right are almost <clears throat> what kind of master is this? It seems he is in favor of the thief. They could not understand why he was ignoring it. He's ignoring it just to show them that they have to drop their money mindedness. Yes, stealing is bad. But their mindedness, 
but their money mindedness is not good either. When they saw that twice they had been ignored, they grew angry. They drew up a petition. Politics comes in immediately. Protest petition asking for the dismissal of the thief, starting that otherwise they would leave in the body. <clears throat> now, they were not there to meditate at all. If they were really there to meditate, their approach towards this problem would have been totally different. They would have felt a little more compassion for this man, for this lust for money. If they were real meditators, they would have contributed some money and given it to this man. You please keep this money rather than stealing. That would have been an indication that you were there to meditate, to be transformed. But now they draw up a petition asking for the dismissal of the thief. Not only that, with a threat that if he is not thrown out, they will leave in a body. <clears throat> you cannot threaten a master like Banke. When Banke had read <clears throat> the petition, he called everyone before him. You are wise brothers, he told them. You know what is right and what is not right. You may go somewhere else to study if you wish. But this poor brother does not even know right from wrong. Who will teach him if I do not? I'm going to keep him here even if all the rest of you leave. Many things have to be understood when the master says, You are wise brothers. He is ridiculing them. He is simply hitting them hard. He is not saying they are wise. He is saying they are utter fools. But all fools think themselves wise. In fact, to think oneself wise is one of the basic requirements of being a fool. <laughs> I like that. To think oneself wise is one of the basic requirements of being a fool. Wise people think they are not wise. Foolish people always think they are wise. Now, these are all fools. They were not there to possess money. They were not there to get money. They were there to get something greater, something far higher. But they have forgotten all about it. In fact, this man has given them an opportunity to see. If they were real meditators, they would have gone to this man and thanked him. You have given us an opportunity to see how much we cling to money. How much you have disturbed us. We have completely forgotten all about meditation. We have, we have forgotten what we have come. 
we have forgotten this master, Banke. They may have traveled for hundreds of miles. They must have traveled for months, because in those days, travel was not so easy. They had come, they had heard about this master, and they had come from far away places to study meditation with them. And somebody steals, and they have forgotten all. They should have thanked the thief. You have brought something into our consciousness. Some mad attachment to money has bubbled up, has surfaced. When Banke says, you are wise brothers, he's joking. He's saying, you are utter fools. But you think you are very wise. You think you know what is right and what is wrong. You have even been trying to teach me what is right and what is wrong. You are telling me you are throw this man out. Otherwise, we will leave. You are trying to dictate terms to me. You think you know what is right and what is wrong. Then you can go anywhere. Because you are so wise, you will be able to learn anywhere. But where will this man go? He is such a fool. See the point, the irony of it? Remember, the righteousness of the righteous is never very right. The people who think they are wise, they are right, are almost all stupid people. Life is so complex and life is so subtle that you cannot decide so easily that you're right and somebody else is wrong. In fact, a man who has a little understanding will see that he never fails into the trap of being righteous. Now, these pupils of Banke think they know what is right and what is wrong. This thief has committed wrong. Master then, <clears throat> and the master should throw him out. And if the master does not throw him out, then the master is also wrong. Now, they are too much into their wisdom. They think they know. They don't see the master's compassion. They don't see the master's meditation. They don't see that the master has become a Buddha. Banke is one of the great masters of Zen. They don't see who is present before them. And they are protesting and threatening him. Man is so foolish. He has done all kinds of foolish things down the ages, and the most foolish things have been committed whenever there is a Buddha. Because you cannot understand, you cannot see who is confronting you. You go on in your childish, 
and juvenile ways. You go on talking nonsense. Banke says, <clears throat> You are wise brothers. You know what is right and what is not right. You may go somewhere else to study if you wish. But this poor brother does not even know right from wrong. Who will teach him if I do not? So you go all, so you go, and I will keep him, and I will teach him. I'm going to keep him here even if all the rest of you leave. Sometimes it happens that the one who thinks he is right is more difficult to teach them, to teach than the one who thinks that he is not right. It is easier to teach a criminal than to, to teach a saint. It is easier to teach a criminal than to teach a saint. It is easier to teach a man who feels deep down that he is doing something wrong because he is ready to learn. He himself wants to get rid of this state. But a man who thinks I'm doing right, he does not want to get rid of this state. He is perfectly happy with it. It is impossible to change him. Why does the master say, You you all can go and I'm going to sleep I'm going to keep this one man, this poor brother. Why? Because this poor brother has a possibility, a potentiality. It happened that one man, a great criminal, murderer, a sinner, came to be initiated by Buddha. When he came, he was afraid that people might not allow him entry. The disciples might not allow him to see Buddha. So he came at such a time when there were not too many people. And he didn't enter from the main gate. He jumped over a wall. By chance, Buddha was not there. He had gone begging. And the man was caught. He said to the disciples, I have not come to steal or anything. I was just afraid that you wouldn't allow me through the main gate. Everybody knows me. I'm a well-known figure around here. I'm the most hated. I'm the most hated and feared person around here. Everybody's knows, everybody knows me. So I was afraid you might not allow me. You might not believe that I want to become a disciple. So they took the man to one of Buddha's great disciples, Sariputra, who was an astrologer too, and had a capacity, and a telepathic capacity to read people's past lives. They asked Sariputra, look into this man. We know that in this life, he's a murderer, a sinner, a thief, and he has done all kinds of things. But maybe he has earned some 
virtue in his past lives. Maybe that's why he wants to become a sannyasin. Just look into his past lives. Sariputra looked into his 80,000 past lives, and he had always been the same. Even Sariputra started trembling, seeing this man. He is so dangerous, 80,000 times a murderer, a criminal, always a sinner. He is an established sinner. It is impossible. Any change in this man is not possible. Any change in this man is not possible. Even Buddha cannot do anything. Sariputra said, throw this man out, take him away immediately, because even Buddha will be a failure with this man. He is an established sinner. Just as Buddha is an established Buddha, he is an established sinner. 80,000 lives I've seen, and I cannot go beyond that. Enough is enough. So the man was turned out. He felt so hurt that there was no chance for him. Alive, he could not live be around Buddha, so he wanted to commit suicide. Just around the corner from the main gate, he went to the wall and was going to hit his head against the stone stone wall to kill himself. And suddenly Buddha comes back after his begging rounds and sees that man. He stops him and he takes him inside and he initiates him. And the story says that within seven days the man became an arhat. Within seven days he became an enlightened man. Now everybody was very puzzled. Sariputra went to Buddha and he said, What is this? Is all my clairvoyance, is all my clairvoyance, all my astrology, just nonsense. I looked into this man's 80,000 lives. If this man can become enlightened in seven days, then what is the point of looking into people's past lives? Then it is all as absurd. How can such a thing happen? And Buddha said, You looked into his past, but you didn't look his, into his future. And the past is past. Any moment a person decides to change, he can change. The very decision is decisive. And when a man has lived 80,000 lives of misery, he knows and he hankers to change. And his intensity of purpose to change is infinite. Hence, in seven days, it can happen. Sariputra, you have not yet become enlightened. You are a good man. You have good lives. You don't feel so burdened with your past. You have a kind of righteousness around yourself.
You have been a Brahmin for many lives, a scholar, a respected person. But look at this man. He was burdened in all those 80,000 lives. And he wanted to get free. He really wanted to get free, hence the miracle. Within seven days, he's out of the prison. The intensity of his past was driving him. This is one of the basic things to understanding people's transformation. People who feel guilty are easily transformed. People who feel good, right, are very difficult to transform. Righteous people are very difficult to transform. Irreligious people are easier to transform. So whenever a religious person comes to me, I don't take much note of him. But whenever an irreligious person comes to me, I'm really interested. I'm into him. I'm with him. I'm all for him. Because there is a possibility. That's why Banke says, Why will you teach him if I do not? Who will teach him if I do not? I'm going to keep him here even all the rest of you leave. A torrent of tears cleanses. A torrent of tears cleanses the face of the brother who had stolen. All desire to steal had vanished. And in that shower of compassion from the master, the thief is no longer a thief. He is utterly cleansed. He started crying, and those tears cleansed his heart. A torrent of tears cleansed the face of the brother who had stolen, and all the desire to steal had vanished. This is the miracle of the presence of a master. And the story goes, and the story does not say anything about what happened to all those political people. This is the mystery of life. Never feel righteous. And never pretend that you are right. Never get hooked into that idea. And never think about somebody else that he is wrong. Because both those, because those, both those things go together. If you feel yourself right, you are always condemning others and thinking somebody else is wrong. Never condemn anybody and never go on praising yourself, otherwise you will miss. Accept however people are. Accept however people are. That is the way they are, and who are you to decide whether they are right or wrong? If they are wrong, they suffer. If they are right, they are blessed. But who are you to condemn them? Your condemnation brings a certain ego in you. That's why people talk so much about others' wrongness. 
It gives a feeling that they are right. Somebody is a murderer, and they have a good feeling I'm not a murderer. At least I'm not a murderer. Somebody is a thief, and they feel good I'm not a thief. And so on, so forth. Their ego goes on strengthening. People talk about others' sins and about others' crime and all the wrong that goes on in others' lives. People go on talking about it, they exaggerate it, and they enjoy it. It all gives them a feeling that I'm good. But this feeling will become. The barrier. Be compassionate, be intelligent, be loving. Look at others with no judgment and never start feeling righteous. Never start feeling a kind of holiness. Never become a his holiness or her holiness. Never. Remain ordinary. Remain nobody, and in your nobodiness comes the ultimate guest. In your nobodiness, you become the host.